0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, oh,
2: oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning.
0: I want to say right off the start, um, and you can, you can, uh, you can call me anything you want you and call me any name in the book. I think the mugshot of Trump is the best photograph of him I've ever seen. I, 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 swear, I, I was really surprised because usually mugshots, I guess usually when people have their mugshot taken, they're like drunk or, you know, they're, they're disheveled, disoriented. I guess if you can prepare for your mugshot, if you can practice like your mugshot face in the mirror... Um I guess it's not as maybe it's not as uh what uh it 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 doesn't come across as um sort of mixed up or or uh ad-libbed. I I feel like he practiced the facial expression. Um I feel like the whole look, the scowl, the head angle, um I feel like maybe some um male uh skincare products uh, may have been used. I, you know, I don't know too much about that, but uh I know people you can ask. But um I thought it's a great picture of him. I, I don't know about you, and again I know that, that people have all different kinds of feelings about the Trump mugshot. And I've heard a lot of people say, and I think I said it yesterday, you know, it's not a great day for this country. Um but I want I want to give you kind of a different way to look at this. Um they they've taken their trophy on this guy. Um they're not gonna put him in a in a prison cell. That isn't gonna happen. Um so they've taken from him and they've taken for themselves what will be the, the you know, trophy in the trophy case. They've said they wanted to see a mugshot. Uh, Joy Reid was on MSNBC saying uh, this is uh, appropriate because uh, people like Trump uh, persecute black and brown people. So this is perfect, which is probably the most racist uh, take you can you could have on this and of course who would who would have the most racist take on it but joy Reid. um but yeah i mean i i understand that there's a lot of emotional freight to this picture here's how i look at it and we're going to open up the phone lines at 210-599-5555 um he he knew this was coming he put on his war face he took the picture he came out and said only what he needed to say afterwards, and he's fundraising like a mofo off of this picture. He's, they're selling T-shirts, mugs. I mean, they're going they're going to town on this picture. And if the thought was that this picture would drive a wedge between Trump and his supporters or would decrease the uh, perception people have that this is a political, uh, you know, prosecution, I I just don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to be the effect. So um, the fact that this may be the most famous photograph on earth right now, the fact that you can buy it on a mug or a T-shirt, to the fact that people are making mug shots, they're like dummying up pictures of themselves uh, and replacing their, uh, their uh, what do you call it? profile pictures with this. Um, I mean, it's capitalism, it's defiance, and um, well let me play what he, this is what he said when he came out uh, after the uh, booking in Fulton County, Georgia. This is, Don, let's play his statement that he made. Being here,
2: I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to. Otherwise, you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference.
0: So, um, this is the fourth time he's turned himself in for processing, but it's the first time there's been a mugshot taken. And I'll be interested to see. We're going to have Steve Hilbig, the former Bear County District Attorney, on uh, in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I, I'll be interested to see what he says about this because I know that the DA and the sheriff in the county uh, down there have both said, look, this is just protocol. We we just don't make any exceptions uh, for this. You, you guys have never had a, a, a former president in the Fulton County Jail. I mean, get real. Give me a break. Um. The purpose of a mugshot is to process, uh, is to identify people that are processed. The, the, no one needs a mugshot to identify Trump. Uh, Trump's not a flight risk. Um, if anything, Trump Trump's the one guy you know will never go away. Uh, and so it's it's, there's two ways to look at this. He and his supporters should take this uh, and and wear it like a like a like a banner, but I also wonder if there isn't some deep, I don't know, strategy here. Because and we've talked about this many times on the show, and, and I know not all, not everybody's on board with this theory. But have you ever stopped to consider that everything they're doing with Trump and all the ways that the Democratic media cover Trump? although they profess to, to, to define him as the worst thing ever and worse than Hitler and a threat to our democracy, all of it is having the effect of benefiting him. All of that is why he is so far ahead of the rest of the field. All of that is why he is still um, politically viable. They've kept him in the spotlight. They have not, as we know they can do, smothered him avoided him airbrushed him when this when this modern democratic media of ours want to make something go away want to just erase it they're really good at it and we fall for it and they've done the opposite with him they have so carefully massaged and burnished and and featured him that you you wonder if he isn't really who they want as the Republican nominee. And, and the only reason they would want him as the Republican nominee is out of a belief, which again is questionable, that they can defeat him, that he could not possibly win another national election. He only won it once. He won it against a candidate who was terrible and didn't see him coming. And once they got their act together on him, they beat him, or they believe they did. Um, and and maybe they believe, well, he's the guy we want. We, we can run the playbook against DeSantis. We could run the playbook against a different Republican, but we wouldn't be as sure we have plays that we know work on him, and we want to play him again. We want to face him again in the next game because we can beat him, and that's, and that's why we're going to make absolutely sure that we bait and entice and dare uh, Republican voters to stay with him. I don't know. I mean, that's the theory. And I have to tell you, there are times that I think that is exactly what's going on. You are being led directly into, you know, this this sort of scenario. But then I also think to myself, they're taking an awfully big chance because that theory presumes that they can beat him. That theory presumes that people will vote despite a terrible economy, despite a president who is falling asleep on the job and looks like he is slowly passing away of old age. I I mean, it has to be said. I I think it's a very big risk, and so that makes me wonder about that theory because that's a very big gamble to take. Again, remember that if you face DeSantis or you face some other Republican, you can say that person's worse than Hitler, and that person's a racist, and that person put their dog on the roof, and that, you know, th- they can run all this jive on somebody else, but you wonder, are they really hoping and sort of scripting everything for it to be him? So we're going to talk about that. 210 uh, 599 Dave in New Braunfels writes, the mugshot Winston Churchill, Corey Hart, Never Surrender, as you discussed recently. (laughs) I can't believe. I love that Dave put the mugshot with Winston Churchill, because Winston Churchill said Never Surrender, with Corey Hart, the 80s singer, who had a song called Never Surrender, and who said the reason he uh, did the song is because he was a history buff and he admired Winston Churchill. Um, How does this mugshot make you feel? And I I know that's kind of a weird, touchy-feely question, but... What's, like, the emotional reaction to this for you? 210-599-5555. I don't want to get into the weeds about it's a political prosecution. I just, what is the reaction you have? How does it hit you? Maybe you saw it last night. Maybe you saw it today. Let's talk about that. 210-599-5555. You know what else I'm wondering today? Did we get any of the rolling blackouts? I asked a few friends of mine, and nobody I talked to today, and I only talked to a couple of people, a few people, nobody I talked to had a rolling blackout. And then I, I saw a thing, I forget if this was from, C- I think it was an email from CPS or ERCOT, one of those, where they said, oh, thank you, you did a great job, uh, San Antonio, and you saved some quantity of megawatts, and, and uh, good, you know, good job, pet us on the head, you know, good, good boys and girls. Um, So did you get them? Did anybody get them? I didn't hear it. I don't know. Uh, I will say this. We talked about it yesterday. I want them to turn on every damn plant. I want them to fire up every generator. I want the coal. I want the gas. I want the windmills. I want the solar panel farms. I want the nuclear. I want everything they've got. I want everything they've got. Turn it all on. Turn it all up. Then if you can't, Meet the need. Come back to me. But this is BS all the way. And um, I think they've actually invited a renewal of the debate. this, This alert that hit our phones yesterday to me was an open invitation to start challenging the green energy people i mean if you're if you're saying you can't get it done then you're not in charge of energy anymore okay you're we're taking you off that case because you're basically admitting in a state with a growing population and by the way when you when you chart the, the population growth and you overlay the increase in power usage the increase in power usage in texas is exactly proportionate exactly proportionate to the growth of population, which means you're not living in more luxury, you're not cooling your house more, you're not wasting power. There's more people here, and more people are coming. And if we can't elect people with half a brain to plan and build for that, let's find some other people to run this damn state. Maybe the Republicans shouldn't be in charge of it. I mean, Republicans are supposed to be the pro-energy uh, energy Independence Party. What are we doing with a Republican governor, a Republican legislature, all Republican state elected officials, I think I'm right about that, and then, oh, sorry, we, we're not getting it done. That sounds very Gavin Newsom to me. Carlos Santana is obviously a legend uh, in the music world, maybe one of the best electric guitarists ever. Um, just a, 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 He's been a cool guy longer than most of us have been alive. Um, and until now, uh, that was pretty universally, uh, felt, uh, but then he became, uh, a turf. Is that the term? Is that what they call him? A trans something or something feminist. He became a transphobe and he needs to be canceled because he expressed an unacceptable view. And this, by the way, is, is a man that's done a lot of living and seen a lot of life. And he's entitled to his view of it, right? And he's up there on stage, and he made an observation on stage, and here's what it sounded like, cut number four.
1: There is no Reality. When God made you and me before we came out
2: of the womb, you know who
1: you are and what
2: you are. grow up and you see things
1: and you start believing that you could be something that it sounds good
3: but you know it ain't right because a woman is a woman and a man is a man
2: whatever you want to do in the closet that's your business I'm okay with that. I am like this with my brother Dave
0: Chappelle. Um, This was a few months ago, and I don't know why it didn't come out sooner. But anyway, um, I I don't know if you know this or not about Carlos Santana, but not only has he done a lot of living, and he's he's an old guy, been around a long time, but he has told the story publicly of being uh, sexually abused by a man when he was a little boy, I think about four years old. And it it affected his entire life. And he has forgiven, and I think even spoken with, his uh, abuser. So not that you need that experience to have an opinion about this, but it it adds to, I think, the validity of having an opinion about this. So he said it, and of course he mentioned Dave Chappelle. That might have been his, his fatal error right there, right? And now they've come for him. And people that heard him or claimed they were at that concert, oh, I was made uncomfortable, he erased me. Apparently he didn't erase them because they, they tried to get him canceled. So now yesterday, this this re-entered the Earth's orbit yesterday, because yesterday he backed down and in a statement um, said, I am sorry for my insensitive comments. They don't reflect that I want to honor and respect all persons' ideals and beliefs. I realize that what I said hurt people and that was not my intent. I sincerely apologize to the transgender community and everyone I offended. And, I mean, I think he's about 80 years old and maybe he just doesn't want to fight at this point. He And again, all love to him. Whatever he, whatever he wants to do is fine. I, I wish we would stop apologizing to people that want to eat us. Um, I wish we would stop giving apologies to people who will never stop consuming them. There is nothing that satisfies this mob, this mob mentality. And um, look, you are going to have to go through life with the awareness that there are people who don't like you or who don't get you or who don't affirm you most people are going to let you be what you want to be and call yourself what you want to call yourself and do what you want to do. And he says that in the clip. It doesn't obligate us to affirm you or to participate or or perform in your fantasy. And so I think the man has age, experience, moral authority, and freedom of speech. And I'm sorry he abdicated it, um, you know, Chappelle makes the point that he can say the things he said because he's made a pile. If he never made another dollar, if they never gave him another special, if he never got booked into another venue, he and his family would be fine. And Santana's the same way. He he has had a great career. Um, he I'm sure has banked a lot of money. He's very secure. But when he backs down, it means that young up-and-coming people have no um, room to express their viewpoint. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing about how you're being erased. You've never had more voice. You've never had more presence. You've never gotten more media attention. You've never gobbled up more of the airwaves and print space than now. How have you been erased? My God, if... If this is erasing you, I can't imagine what underlining you would look like. So enough with that. That's a stupid thing to say, and we shouldn't even repeat it. Um but I'm sorry he I'm I'm sorry that he didn't feel like with his body of work and his ten Grammys and his millions of albums sold, he couldn't just say, you know, this is what I think. Take it or leave it. Uh two ten, five nine nine, fifty five fifty five. All right, so we've been talking about the uh ERCOT warning yesterday, the Trump mugshot. And uh, Carlos Santana, Becky is on the Jack Riccardi show on KTSa. Becky, good afternoon.
4: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good, Becky. How are you doing? Hey,
4: Jack. Good, Jack. Hey, listen. I just want to say that it's ridiculous that they're they're bringing all these businesses in because in North Texas they're putting up all kinds of warehouses and they got they're cycling the power on those people. And th- that's ridiculous, okay? They- these people are suffering, and they're put- putting big warehouses right down the street. It's like you can't even handle your residential customers. Why are you bringing in big businesses yeah. like that? Yeah, why would you and, um, Why
0: would you go to other states and try to lure them to Texas? Why would you urge people to move to Texas if you can't keep the lights on in Texas?
4: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Governor Abbott, Abbott says he's red. Well, he doesn't act red, in my opinion. He's kind of like uh sitting on the fence
0: there, you know. Well, I don't know what's going to take but but the Republicans in this state, um if they were the only Republicans you knew of, I don't think anybody'd be a Republican. I, they're, just, they're just they've had it so easy for so long. They're just very they're very sort of uh I don't know complacent. I think that's what you're saying, Becky, and I agree with you. Uh thanks for the call. Jump in here at 210-599-5555. Uh, we're joined on the ktsa Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line uh, by the former District Attorney for Bear County and retired Judge Steve Hilbig. And, uh, Judge, good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. Happy Friday to you.
3: Well, thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: I thought of you because I, I have heard now that the District Attorney, or I th- whatever the title is in Fulton County, but I guess it's the equivalent of the position you had in Bear County, Fannie Wilson uh, uh, has, and she has said, and the sheriff in Fulton County, I forget his name, has said, this was protocol, taking a mugshot, booking him in at the jail, it's just what we do. Um, Do they actually have any discretion on that, and would you have done this the way they did it if the circumstances were taking place in your county at the time that you were D.A.?
3: Oh, uh, the answer is yes. They have discretion, and and I'll tell you, usually it's the judge who can. Uh, in fact, as a judge in Bear County, I would sometimes waive booking uh, for someone if there was a new charge filed, and they had already been uh, previously uh, booked and and had a you know fingerprint match out and so forth uh, done by the Bear County Jail. So, obviously, uh, Trump had not gone through that before. But as you pointed out in your opening monologue, uh, you know, the whole purpose of doing this is for identification purposes. Like, you know, where is he going to go where nobody's going to not know him? So, uh, I agree with you that it's kind of like, okay, we got our trophy. uh, Now we can, you know, publicize it everywhere and let move on. I really think that's all it was.
0: So, let me push back. Uh, What if you made an exception for Donald Trump? And then a very famous musician or a very famous actor, uh, you know, uh, was, you know, in the same situation. And they said, well, I don't want to do a mugshot either because everybody knows who I am and I'm famous and I'm a household name. And would you be worried that there was a slippery slope there and that's why you're just going to do the picture no matter what?
3: Well, I mean, that could be one option. But on the other option, if you think you were right in making the first decision, worry about the second one. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you, you can't go through your life second guess, guessing decisions that you've made. Uh, and so, as I, I stated earlier, I know that judges in Bear County waive bookings uh, a lot of times, not not for famous people necessarily, but they, you know, they waive it because there's not a need to do it. And and so then that becomes a question here: was there a need to do it? Uh, and I guess they thought, well, okay, yeah, there's a, a need to do it. But again, I think it was also. Uh, so that the mugshot could be plastered. I, I was surprised when I saw it that they didn't have, you know, the sheriff's department uh, logo down below with a number on it. And, and I've, I've, I bet that there are a lot of uh, liberals that are just entirely upset that that uh, was not. Part do they of the still mugshot.
0: do that? Where they make you wear that thing around your neck with the little press-in letters? And
3: uh, well, I haven't been I haven't been booked lately, so. <laughs>
1: Glad Not to hear that. Sure. <laughs>
3: but but I I know that in, in uh, several of the shots when I was on the bench and when I was DA, yeah, we still saw mm. that.
0: I mean, I know this is probably a weird thing to say, and feel free to tell me that because we've known each other a long time. I I thought he took a really good mug shot. Like that's probably the best <laughs> photograph of Donald Trump I've ever seen. I'm serious. I mean, he just looks like a leader. He just looks strong, and uh, the lighting is good, and it, it, he looks fierce. He looks like he's ready to ready to go. I mean, I. Usually mugshots shots are, are the most unflattering picture uh, this side of your driver's license, right?
3: Yeah, and, and as you said earlier, I'm sure he practiced. So I don't know if it took 30 minutes, 15 minutes, or he was able to hit it after five because of previous experience in TV. But no, I mean, I you know, it is funny that he takes every opportunity to convey his strength. And now sometimes that gets him in trouble because he thinks – that something he is saying or doing conveys strength, and maybe people interpret it a different way. Uh, but I agree. I mean, that's not a bad looking mugshot.
0: So, you, you, but your take to go back to the earlier question is you know, you've got an extraordinary, unprecedented situation. You could handle both the booking uh, and the choice of whether or not there's a mugshot in a special way in a different location. You could waive some of it. Um, he's not a flight risk. Uh, at all, he's definitely not going to go away, um, and and so you 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 concur with I guess what a lot of people have said that this seemed more like the taking of a trophy or the cutting of a notch in one's belt. Having said that, does that enter into um, the defense attorney's strategy at all? Can they? Can they use these circumstances, the sort of you humiliated the former president, can they they in any way use that in the courtroom?
3: No, no. And and let me go back. So why didn't we get a mugshot in the New York case? Uh, Why didn't we get a mugshot when he was booked on the federal cases? And and so, uh, again, I think that the proof is in the pudding in terms of we really need it now because this is going to be the last of the indictments that come down. Uh, and, and again, in the courtroom, the judge controls what evidence the jury hears, uh, and, and so you know I would suspect if they try to say and look how look how bad they treated him, they not only indicted him, they took his mugshot. I, I don't think that's coming in at all.
0: Okay, we're talking with uh, Steve Hilbig, who's uh, the former Bear County District Attorney um, in the '90s and also a retired judge. Let me shift gears. I want to ask you about one other thing. Um, we have two San Antonio police officers in the hospital. Uh, who were shot during a chase and a long standoff uh, last night. And um, the uh, suspect in this case, uh, Jesse Garcia, uh, drew this comment from Police Chief Bill McManus. This is what he said um, this morning. One of the concerning aspects surrounding the shooting of our officers last night, the suspect was out on two bonds for almost a year, despite committing more crimes and being rearrested and wanted on three different warrants. Why, this is Chief McManus, why wasn't he in jail? Why weren't his bonds increased? People want to know. So what is he saying there? What is he talking about?
3: i uh, not sure. I actually went on Twitter and saw some of the comments, and one of the defense attorneys that I know in San Antonio posted a comment or a response that, that the warrants were based on a increase in bond that the judge had issued so I mean look I think that a lot of times uh, people get blamed rightly so when they don't act quickly uh, the DA has an opportunity under Texas law that if somebody's had on a felony bond they commit a new felony if they file with the judge a motion within seven days of the second arrest uh, to hold him without bond uh and and so a lot of times people don't do that because you have to then try the guy in 60 days uh and sometimes it's tough to get the evidence put together in that short a time period but i do think that there is uh not as much interplay between the da's office and judges uh at least that was the case when i was on the the trial bench in the you know, 2014 to 2017, uh, about what's going on with the defendants, because the judges don't automatically get notified of any of this. If mm-hmm. if somebody wants something to happen in the courtroom, that has to either be brought by the defense attorney or the district attorney's office. Uh, and a lot of times, the district attorney's office uh, just wouldn't act.
0: Is the chief but here I, that signal- may not
3: be the case here? I'm sorry, that may not be the case here based on that earlier comment by the defense. And
0: and I don't mean to put you in a position of having to speculate too much, but does it sound to you like the chief is not in sync with this district attorney?
3: No, I think they're in sync. I I think that their policies uh, contribute to the problems that we have. Uh, But, again, it... You know, if there's a warrant out there, the warrants are served by the sheriff's office, and so they have a whole division that goes looking for these people. Well, if somebody knows that they're already in trouble with the law and and there's a warrant out, they're going to be hiding out. So most of the time that somebody who gets arrested on outstanding warrants, it's the result of interaction with the police, you know, a traffic stop or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, no, I think that the DA and, and the, the sheriff, excuse me, the DA and the police are in sync, or chief are in sync because of their policies about trying to not put people in jail. Uh, and that was the frustrating thing, especially, uh, I mean, Commissioner's Court, uh, again, whether I was DA, whether I was the trial judge, it's kind of like, oh, well, we've got to get these people out of jail. we got to – it costs too much money to run the jail. It's costing us money. It, but the reality is, is that that's what the jail is made for—to house mm. people pre-trial who present a danger to our community, and to punish people who have been convicted of misdemeanors. And and so the idea that yeah, you got to be smart how you use it, but to tell judges that well, you know, let that if you if you have to err on one side, err on the side of letting them out. I, I think that sometimes that's just the wrong message, and it may mm. have been taken too far, not only in Bear County but in many counties mm-hmm. across the. Uh, this nation.
0: Mm. Very interesting. I appreciate your thoughts on that and also on the uh, the Trump story. And uh, Judge, always great to have you on our show. Hope we can do it again soon. Have a great weekend.
3: Well, thank you. Same with you, Jack.
0: All right. Uh, 446 is our KTSA news time. I want to mention, by the way, that you can uh, see the story uh, about the standoff and the shooting and the wounded officers and read the comments. Uh, from Chief McManus at KTSA.com. We have that story on the front page at KTSA.com. Uh, the Trump mugshot, we've been talking about that. The uh, ERCOT, uh, we're going to have to shut off your power warning that hit the smartphones last night. Did anybody get their power cut or have their power go out? I, I haven't heard anyone who said that yet. And it sounds like from this email that came from CPS, like maybe they didn't actually do it but they're priming you they're they're you know they're getting you ready for it and i'm just curious um just like i'm asking you sort of how do you feel about the mugshot how do you feel about living in an energy rich energy producing state that is telling you we don't have enough and you know there's a big difference between California or New York being in this situation, people are leaving those states. People are getting away from those states. This is a state people are coming to. We better decide if we want to be that state or not. And if we want to be, then there needs to be a robust growth of our energy supply. Now, I'm not against any form of energy, but I am against over relying on wind and sun and then complaining that they're not getting apparently the wind wasn't blowing enough yesterday Well, th- that may be true that's not an excuse you you don't get uh you don't get to bring a note from home and get off the hook okay uh so turn on everything, fire up every plant take them out of mothballs, get them going again. Uh, We should have a Manhattan Project type, uh, you know, drive to build more. All hands on deck, all forms. I I will leave to the, the, if you want to have debates about which is a better form of energy or how should we do it in the future, that's fine. But your job right now is to keep the power on. And you're adding more people to this state. So, if you're not adding more energy generation, then you're not doing your job. That's what I think, anyway. 210 599 55 on KTSA. Uh, oh, I want to play this for you. Uh, everybody's been talking about Rich Men North of Richmond. Uh, the comedian Remy has done a um, parody version of it. Now, in Remy's version of Rich Men North of Richmond, it's a government bureaucrat. It is one of the rich men singing his version. Of the song. Take it away, Remy.
5: I've been working till the break of 445. I get an automatic raise and I can't be fine. Must wait till age 57 till I can retire with an inflation adjusted pension that continuously keeps going higher. Oh, it's a damn shame. What the world's come to They want us back in the office On Mondays too Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Not living in the real world It's a lot harder than you'd know Sure I got dental, But it's bad I go mental Cause I had to fill out both of these forms Hacks on necessities. I had to purchase my rental in Ocean City. Please don't tell anyone it's so embarrassing. The plight of rich man, north of Richmond. Hey, we have to have cameras on for today's meeting. I just sit here wasting my whole life away Cause this verification code Is taking all day How do you expect me to check My 401k Plus my fudge round supplier No longer takes Apple Pay Oh it's a damn shame What the world's come to It takes one person to do my job So we have to. Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Not living in the real world is a lot harder than you'd know. Sure, I got health care, but I get an in-depth scare. Only weeks left to open and roll. New guy plays with his pen. He just sits there and snaps. How am I to get in on my 2 p.m. naps? They want us back now on Tuesdays. I just might collapse the plattery. North of Richmond
0: We're just like you mm. There you go uh, That is that is very funny um, Did you hear that the Republicans just announced uh, This was just today I think They have chosen their convention city For 2028 And it's Houston the, So the the 2024 convention is going to be, I think, in Milwaukee. But the 2028 convention, it seems very early that they would already be picking it, but they announced today that they've chosen Houston for the Republican National Convention in 2028. And that might be another reason, Greg Abbott, to uh, let's get on your horse here and get the, get the electric uh, grid in order because it's going to look pretty stupid if the political party that's preaching energy independence and so forth has rolling brownouts in the host city for the Republican convention. I know that's five years off, but come on, let's let's get this done. This is th- th- it is it is as crazy to be uh, lacking in power generation in Texas as it would be to be lacking in like you know oranges and lemons in Florida or something. I mean, it's just it's nuts, right? Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but yesterday was the sickest day of the year. I did not know this, and I told a friend of mine who called in sick yesterday because he didn't know either, and he really was sick. But apparently, August 24th, according to research over the last several years, is the number one day on the year for people calling in sick. It's not that more people are sick. It, It might be that. But August 24th is the number one day on the calendar for people calling in sick to work. And it's weird because the top five days are all over the place. August 24th, the second one is February 13th, the third is October 25th, the fourth is December 15th. I would have thought it would be like right after a major holiday, you know, like the Monday after a holiday or the day after, I don't know, it just seems very random. So... um now that we know that, if you had an employee call in sick yesterday, I want to follow up on that. I'm just making trouble here as I go along. I uh, I want to know what you think. What was your reaction, or how did it strike you to see the Trump mugshot? I mean, you knew it was coming, and you were feeling whatever you were feeling about it, just knowing the fact of it, or the the prospect of it but then when you saw it what did you think i was kind of surprised because everyone said it was oh this is a sad day for america this is a terrible thing nobody should feel good about this i i think he i think he turns this thing around that movie shot is a defiant uh picture and and they're running it nonstop on the left wing cable channels and i think that's fantastic because when you contrast the look of this guy i'm ta- i'm not taking this uh this is bs uh i'm not going to back down when you contrast it to, to to president biden tottering around with his little baseball cap on that's with they've got the, the the thing in the back pulled too tight so it doesn't fit any more baseball cap and he's just kind of bumbling and mumbling and they asked him about the mugshot and he goes handsome guy wonderful guy or some some nonsense like that i I mean, I'll I'll take that. You can run that Trump mugshot as a test pattern. You can run it in the corner of the screen for the next year. I don't care. I think it's I think he's turning it into an advantage. Now, people are going to think what they think uh about him, but for people that might have been dispirited about all these indictments, um responding to it with defiance and kind of the finger in your eye of we're selling t-shirts and mugs on the website. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I Say what you want about it. I'll tell you how I know it's getting to them. The left wanted the mugshot, but they don't sound that happy about it. Here's MSNBC's Joy Reid's take on the mugshot. Listen to this.
6: I despise Donald Trump because he, to me, signified the rich white guy in Manhattan that absolutely hated and despised me. And so people like Giuliani and people like Trump persecuted black and brown people in New York. It's what they did for fun. It's what they did for pleasure. And so to me, this is justice. The fact that Manhattan didn't give him a mugshot, I thought was offensive. I Mm. thought that the feds said, we already know what he looks like. He was the president of the United States. Okay, offensive. Everyone else had to take him. Mm. This case, and I think Fonnie Willis is a hero. She is a national hero. Mm. She's the only one. Who said these wealthy, powerful, privileged men and women mm. are just American citizens. And when they break the law, they will take that picture.
1: Mm.
0: When did she become Fonny Wilson? Is that like Pakistan? <laughs> I'm 57 years old. I'm finding out I can't, I don't know how to speak English. Funny. Um, Did you hear how she started out? Um, it, it's for, the, for joy read this is about her somewhere somebody treated her badly or didn't appreciate what a princess she is and so to her the mugshot is like revenge that's that's really letting the mask slip in my opinion because what you're saying there is I, I'm not even uh, there's no mention of the actual charge here I just like the way seeing him mugshotted makes me feel. And she says people like him. What what does that mean? White people? White men? Wealthy white men? Does she not work with and for wealthy white men? I believe believe in her industry, uh, they outnumber everybody. Is she accepting a paycheck from wealthy white men? Yes, she is. Does she remember that Donald Trump used to be the darling of her political party and was a member of it in the 80s and 90s? Does she not um, remember her own checkered past when she claimed that Russian hackers went back in time and wrote evil, homophobic, racist uh, things on her blog? So, like I said, I, I don't think the mug, it's like Christmas morning, you open the, the gift you hoped Santa would bring you, but you're not as happy with it as you thought you would be. I feel like the mugshot is not making the Joy Reads of the world as happy as they thought they would be. I mean, MSNBC and CNN are running it, they're making sure everybody sees it, it's there, it's a reality, but the guy is, the guy in the mugshot seems to be having the best day of anybody And like I said, I, I think there's a big gamble in this whole enterprise. The gamble is that in all of the ways that you are prosecuting and persecuting Donald Trump, you are dirtying him up, and you are creating the impression in the minds of middle America that even if they liked his policies or his presidency, he can't be president. A guy with a mugshot can't be president. A guy that might have done something wrong, can't be president. A guy with 91 charges can't be pre- But the gamble is that you make people, um, instead of making them feel like this isn't normal and I, I feel icky about this and I better vote for somebody else, the gamble is that you might instead harden their opinion that the whole system is rigged. I mean, I really think that one of the reasons Donald Trump made inroads in voting groups like African Americans, Mexican Americans, um, inner city Americans, uh, low income Americans is because he said stuff, you can talk about his policies all you want, but Donald Trump said stuff like the system is rigged, the tax code's written by the rich for the rich, I know because I used it. People have a sense that this is a very rich guy who is willing to turn on the very rich. I don't think Joy Reid would ever do that. She talks a good game, but she wants to be invited to the parties and ride in the limo and get the, you know. And most Republicans don't want to turn on their donor class. Sorry, but they don't. Most Democrats don't want to either. I think one of the things that people like about Trump is just that, They get the feeling he pulls back the curtain on stuff where he knows how it works and where the money comes from and who gets paid first, and he's letting it fly. And if anything, the more you push him with these charges, the more sort of, you know, what have I got to lose, YOLO, he becomes. And and so the gamble is maybe you're not pushing people away from him, but you're welding people to him. Uh, And we'll see. There was uh, an interesting story today about how after the Republican debate on Wednesday night, the two candidates that raised the most money were Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. And they always report the amounts of money that come in. But one thing we don't know is, were those two separate groups of donors or are people starting to think, well, you know what? It's gonna either be Trump, DeSantis, or Ramaswamy. It, it almost looks like the debate moved Ramaswamy into a um into the top tier, you know? So DeSantis made more than a million dollars in twenty four hours and Ramaswamy also had a big uh fundraising um event. I think he they, they said that he got about uh just under a million. There's a question about Vivek Ramaswamy that people are raising, and I'm, I, I want to know how you feel about this or if it matters to you at all. Um, when he was a young man, um, this is about 12 years ago, he took a $90,000 um, scholarship from the George, uh, well, actually not George Soros, but the Soros fellowship it's it's a brother of george soros so it's the soros family i forget the names on the fellowship it's it's whoever the guy's name is it's, it's george soros his brother who's since died and his family had this fellowship and it was to push people and pay for people to go to college so ramaswamy acknowledges that he took this scholarship And he says, look, I I didn't take it because I agree with George Soros. I took it because this was the only way for me to go to Yale Law School. The problem with the story is that he also was making a lot of money by this time. And um, people are saying, well, it doesn't look like from your financial records you needed the $90,000. You were making way more than that already. Uh, like, in that in the year that he accepted the award on his income tax, he reported $2.2 million in total income. And he had recorded over a million in each of the three years prior. So how does a guy that's made $5 million need 90000 to go to school? And maybe there's an explanation for it, but I haven't heard a good one from him yet. And he's also been kind of... Um, Coy and, uh, you know, playful about it. But I think it's reasonable to ask, why couldn't a guy that could easily write his own ticket just do it? In fact, he probably could have helped some other people do it. Um, Was he just taking the money because it was free money? It would be foolish to turn it down. And if that's the case, why not just say that? Why tell lies about it? Why pretend you were poor? it's it's a weird look it, it, all of this by the way could be simply a case of a guy who is a novice to politics and is tying himself up in knots because in in the the realm that he's working in now every word is parsed everything gets checked and a lot of people when they get into politics aren't used to that they aren't ready for that so i'm i'm willing to wait and see but I have have less of a problem with the Soros money than I have with the way he's explained it to this point, and I'm curious to know what you think about that, if you think anything at all about it. Talking about uh, the presidential campaign, the Trump mugshot, the fundraising after the debate, the Vivek Ramaswamy Soros scholarship story. By the way, I heard something kind of interesting from Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, who was also in the debate on Wednesday night. He was on with Cavuto today, and he said... um, his take on the debate was that it was a food fight, that it was too uh, chaotic and the candidates were yelling at each other. I, I liked him, Scott, but, God, man, come on. Get, get with the program here, Senator. Um, when people tune in and see a lively, spirited, entertaining difference of opinion, that's a good thing. What did he want people to do? Raise their hands? I, I don't. I don't understand why they don't get. The Republicans don't get, or some of them at least don't get. They need to fight and scrap and compare, and that people need to see that there is a competition of ideas and visions. In what universe would people say? well, I'm only going to vote for the party that's very mannered and polite and everybody agrees on everything and says the same thing. We already have one of those parties. It's the Democratic Party. 210 mm-hmm. 599 Rachel is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Rachel.
4: Hi, Jack. I just wanted to comment on the scholarship, and I yeah. think that shows that he cannot be trusted. He should not be president. Anybody who takes the money from George Soros who's helping hand to destroy our way of life in America should not be trusted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I guess my thought on it is when you're trying to get money for college, and it doesn't really sound like he needed money for college, but but let's say for some reason he did need it or you needed it or I needed it, when you go for scholarships, I don't think, I think it's fine to compete for or apply for scholarships anywhere they're they're being offered. And I think there's no shame in earning them and getting them, um, as long as you're open about where where they came from. And especially if you're running for president, you need to be open about where they came from.
4: I, I still don't feel good about anybody taking money even in a scholarship from somebody uh, like mm-hmm. George Solis. Is doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, I get that. And, uh, I mean, we got to do whatever we can do to sort through these people and eliminate them. So if that's, if that's what eliminates. Uh, d- did you feel differently about him before this, or were you not really feeling it for him to begin with?
4: No, I wasn't really feeling it for him because it just seems like he has um, – uh an opinion on whoever wants or what which way the wind blows you know like he'll say what he needs to say um for like he's always on the fence he seems like he's on the fence for both um the and whoever whatever he needs to say at the time
0: gotcha gotcha rachel have a good weekend thanks for calling our show um is it i'm I'm hoping i'm hoping i'm saying your name right here is it is it nath or nath
6: uh, it's Nate, you can call me Nate Nathaniel Jack, but uh, um, you know, thanks for taking my call and you know, he was actually on the Laura Ingram angle the day after the debate and that question came up directly. Mm-hmm. He didn't deflect mm-hmm. and uh, he flat out said, you know, I consider it you know, like fundraising. Uh, if I could take ninety thousand dollars from the foundation or from wherever and move it here and have it pay for mm-hmm. I would I would be incredibly naive not to do that. What mm-hmm. entrepreneur would not take advantage of that situation? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, she fired back with, you know, we've made a lot of money in China. And then he, he kind of absorbed that a little bit. And then he went and he said, well, you know, we want to talk about Soros. He's, he's actually complimented the DeSantis campaign. Um, and I, I, in respect to everyone's opinion, you know, does that make me trust him any less? As an entrepreneur myself, absolutely mm-hmm. not. You have mm-hmm. to be able to, to pivot. And, you know, he's not hiding from that question. Uh, Is it a question of ethics? Well, he may
0: not have hidden from it. I I, I didn't see that interview, Nate, uh, so I I don't know. But I know that prior to the debate, when this story came out several days ago, um, and and even several months ago when he was entering the the race, um, he asked Wikipedia to take the reference to the scholarship out of his article. In fact, he asked them to edit a number of things uh, from his article. Um, and in his own website, he didn't acknowledge it. So I, I have to say, well, he may have been great with Laura Ingram. He hasn't been great on this issue or explaining it uh, over a period of time. I I think your reasoning is good that when there's money available uh, and you're using it for your education, that's fine. I, I that's what I was saying to Rachel. If you're looking for scholarships, you should take them wherever you can get them. Um, exactly. well, but I I think I think in order to get people to trust him. I think he's gonna to have to do a better job of of explaining stuff like this, not trying to airbrush it.
6: I, I agreed uh, to an extent, I, as a scholar, you know, Wikipedia is not a credible source of information. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that it's it's there. Well, he um,
0: apparently had issues with what they were saying and wanted to change it, and I. See, to me, that's the wrong way to go. When you try to cover something up, you can have it taken off Wikipedia, but then when people find out that you had it taken off Wikipedia, you have a new problem. You've just, instead of making the, the fact go away or the allegation go away, you've just underscored it. You see what I mean? Like, if you want to say, hey, this is no big deal, the worst thing you could do is ask Wikipedia to take it off your page.
6: It's like Reputation Defender, but everyone has a perspective, and I, I agree, you know, uh, as a candidate. I, I mean,
0: just confront it. Just say what you yeah, said. Yeah. Hey, I took their money. I used I used 90 grand of their money that would have gone to some other uh, lesser cause. That's what, you know, I remember when uh, Kinky Friedman got in trouble for smoking Cuban cigars. He said, I'm not <laughs> supporting their economy. I'm burning their fields. And that's that's the way you have to answer yeah. it
6: absolutely jack that was that was awesome man thank you so much i appreciate Nate, it
0: thanks for the call good to have you with us hope you'll call again uh curtis is on ktsa hi curtis
6: hi how are you doing
0: good
7: um yeah i i don't know if i'm gonna vote for uh the ramaswamy uh but it it has nothing whatsoever to do with the fact that he took 90 grand from uh one of george Soros's organizations as a matter of fact i kind of look at it like you know if it's free money why mm-hmm. not? And he obviously, mm-hmm. you know, met whatever uh, prerequisites there was, you know, to accept those funds. Um, and he's uh, you know, anybody who listens to him, uh, you know, it's very obvious he's not uh, beholden to or in George Soros's pocket in any way. Um, you know, and, and I like a lot of what he's had to say. There are some uh, policy points that he has made. That I don't particularly agree with, like his stance on, on Taiwan. Um, but you know, the the fact that he took 90,000 from a George Soros scholarship, no, that, that doesn't bother mm. me a bit. Now I agree with you. It does bother me that, you know, and I have to ask the question, why is he, why is he trying to cover it up? You know, I, I, um, agree with you that, you know, just, um, you know, admit to it and, and take whatever The money is not the problem.
0: Uh, the no, problem is you didn't want us to know right. about it. And then you try to get it taken off the Internet. And then right. I, I, think, I think I like think it, it would we wouldn't even be having this discussion if you just said, yeah, I took it. You know, I was looking yep. for money for school. Everybody does. And that's where mine came from, period. Yep. I don't even remember scholarships I got. And so I'm clearly not beholden to whatever groups gave them to me. And that's just the answer. I think it's very, it would have been very, but see, if you want to run as the guy that's not a politician, you've just done a very politician thing.
7: Yeah, then don't be a politician.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Curtis, thank you. Good to have you on. Uh, Federal court in Maryland ruling yesterday that parents cannot opt their children out of uh, LGBTQ plus content in Montgomery County schools in the case of Mahmoud versus Monica B. McKnight, parents sought to reinstate a policy that had previously been in place where if parents did not like the reading unit uh, involving LGBTQ characters and books, they could opt out. Their kids could do other work. Uh, the parents argued that the books, uh, the content was a form of indoctrination that violated the way they were raising their kids and their religious beliefs. The court disagreed. Uh, In a decision written by Judge Deborah Boardman, a President Biden appointee, said uh, the parents asserted due process right to direct their children's upbringing by opting out of a public school curriculum that conflicts with their religious views is not a fundamental right. So you cannot opt out. You can opt out of school. You can pull your kid out of the school. But if you want your kid to go to Montgomery County schools, then they have to read the LGBTQ books and have the discussions that go with those books. A long time ago, when I was first doing talk radio, and I was a young pup with, I, I wasn't married, and have a family, I didn't know anything about anything. Uh, because I had a talk show, I would get invitations once in a while to either speak at an event or serve on a board, and I went and served on a board that was supposed to advise it was set up by a, a not. It wasn't here in in Texas. It was in New York. It was a school district that w- that said we want to get the community more involved. We want to get parents and families more involved. How do we m- let them know that uh, public school is public and 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 we want you to come to our meetings. We want you to visit the school again. Remember, this is before Columbine and school shootings. In, in those days the, the schoolhouse was wide open, please come in, we want the public to come in, we want you to help us, advise us, tell us what we can do better. So I was on this little committee, and we had a few meetings. I, uh, What I'm trying to say is, I remember when public education was trying to get parents involved. When you would, and, and even much later, when I had a, a, a daughter, and I'd go to back to school night, or whatever they called it, you know, the meet the teacher's night or whatever. The, the, the mantra was always, hey, we, we would love to have you participate, get involved, shadow your student, meet with the teacher, um, you know, anytime you have any questions about what we're working on or materials, blah, 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 blah. Now I look at public education, and this, this LGBT stuff is the hill they want to die on. They are making this the make-or-break issue between public schools and the rest of us, the community, the people they used to say they were serving. So in my lifetime, we have gone from we're here for you, we want you involved, come help us do what we do, we can't do it without you, to stay the bleep away you have no idea what your kids need to know. We know better. We don't care what you're teaching them at home or how you're raising them, or what faith community you're a part of. We are going to tell them about sex and gender and um, choices and freedom. We're going to We're going to let them do what makes them feel good. We're going to affirm whatever they tell us. We're going to keep it from you. we're going to let the boys shower and compete with the girls, et cetera, et cetera. This is a very strange hill to die on, in my opinion. I mean, you are pandering, catering to a infinitesimal fraction of the population. And I mean anywhere. I I don't care if you go to the most progressive city in America. And this is a this is what they've decided is the make or break um sort of moment. Up until now, whatever the bias of a teacher or in a superintendent or a school board might have been, whatever the ideology that was at work might have been, I'm not saying ideology in, in public education is new, because we know it's not. But up until now they have not been this um sort of dr- dramatic about it and i it's i know it's an overused expression but they've thrown down the gauntlet the fundamental honoring of parents or at least the words that they honored parents those have been those have been thrown away And really what they are forcing people to do and what this decision in Maryland really forces you to do is say you have to take the whole loaf or nothing at all. You have to accept, by the way, accept silently. We don't want to hear from you. Everything we propose to do with your children for 12 or 13 years, you have no say. We do not care what you think. You cannot opt out of anything. Um, you don't have a right. And by the way, if anyone in this discussion has a right, it is the parents. What right are the schools claiming? Like, where where do you get the idea that, that, that a public school or a school district or a school system itself has rights? It doesn't have any rights. It exists at our pleasure. We came before them. There were Americans before there was the Montgomery County School District. We formed it. It exists entirely at the pleasure of taxpayers. All of the rights are with the parents. Not only should we be able to opt out, but we should be able to say, I don't want this program. It's not my kid that needs to leave the classroom. It's these books. It's this program. This doesn't belong in an elementary school. You are not doing your core responsibility of educating children. Ergo, you don't get the luxury of playing around with ideology and indulging in your fetishes and your beliefs. If I send my kid to an LGBT school, fine. I paid for it or I expected it, or I signed up for it. The whole bedrock of public education in this country, the reason we had Brown versus Board of Education, the reason we had the Civil Rights Movement, was because the schools are for everyone. And they've thrown that away in the last few years, thrown it away, trashed it, and I'm not attacking teachers here before you start calling or trying to get me taken off the air. I'm not attacking teachers. This is in support of teachers. Because if you love to teach and you're drawn to the profession of teaching, I'm in your corner. But you, you don't have any rights over my kid. None. And I'm not saying this to be cruel, but you work for me. And I'm not going to be rude about that, but I'm going to be firm about that. So my question is, i wonder why they decided that this was the hill they wanted to die on it's it's an it's an infinitesimal um population or or fraction of the population history is going to look back on this time and they're going to say a a very 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 small number of people not even all the lgbt people just a tiny fraction of them raised their voice and it was taken as if it was the the will of the majority. It was the will of the people. And all of a sudden there's Drag Queen Story Hour and there's, you know, uh, Pride Month in school and schools that, that that don't allow the American flag are requiring kids to tr- color in and, and wave a pride flag. I mean, we're going to look at this and we're going to go, What was what was in the water, you know? Speaking of flags, by the way, uh, this was a story I saw today, too. This was in Virginia. Uh, A kid named Chris uh, drives to school in a pickup truck. He had a couple of American flags on his pickup truck. Uh, He was told that they had to remove... he, He had to remove the flags from his truck because the flags were a distraction. And when he refused to do that, they took away his parking pass and told him he'd have to ride the bus to school, and now his family has decided to just homeschool. My family fought for America, and I feel like I should be able to represent the flag that they fought for. I don't understand how it's distracting for me to have flags on my truck if they have one on the flagpole in front of the school. They're choosing the hills they want to die on. They're not offering you a deal, right? They're not... Meeting you halfway, like I know, I hear hear people all the time say, "Jack, you're so extreme. You should, you know, you got to work with people. You got to be, you got to be willing to compromise." I don't see any compromise here. Do you? I don't see any compromise in the Maryland decision. I don't see any compromise in the Virginia high school. Do you? Am I missing it? Maybe I need to put my glasses on. Sounds to me like it's whole loaf or nothing. And so that becomes the choice we have to make. And I think there's going to be people. I mean, I've known about homeschooling for a long time. I've known a lot of homeschooling parents. When I first started to look into it, it was a kind of person that did it. And I don't mean that as a put-down, but it was just sort of like a, there was a personality type that liked doing it, was drawn to it, was good at it. And the kids are incredible. You know, homeschool kids are the most impressive kids. It's, it's, It's amazing. But more and more now I see people doing it who I know would not have done it, would not have even contemplated it five or 10 years ago. They feel like they have no choice because, in fact, they don't. Happy National Banana Split Day. Today is National Banana Split Day. All right, we're going to check the Jack Chat line. That number is 210-599-5550 and see what we have on the Jack Chat.
8: Hey, Jack. In regards to the uh,
9: power outage, brownout, uh, why aren't they... Talking about Tesla using as much power as they do out at the Gigafactory
0: southwest of Austin. John from Natalia, thank you. Thank you, John. Um, I, heard, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard somebody refer to electric vehicles as coal-powered cars or coal-fired cars because we're we're still getting a plurality of our electricity from coal plants. That was a great take on. EVs and yeah and we had we had somebody mention earlier that um you know Texas is home to obviously to the 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 Tesla complexes uh all of Michael Dell stuff a lot of warehouses a lot of call centers service centers um we're we're running billboards in other states luring businesses to Texas seems like a very weird thing to do that while at the same time you're telling the people that are already here hey there isn't enough electricity Uh, We may have to turn it off. Uh, Has there ever been a state in growth mode that did that? Do you think we can stay in growth mode if we keep doing that? It's obviously a rhetorical question. Let's see what's next on the Jack Chat.
10: Hey, Jet, this is a step on in San Antonio. Why can't we just take politicians who believe in global warming and are advocating for all this climate change regulation to Mm -hmm. stand in front of the windmills Mm -hmm. and make them blow because those politicians Uh. have plenty of hot air... They should get those wind turbines spinning quickly in a (laughs) matter of minutes. There you go.
0: That's it. Uh, Apparently, there wasn't enough wind yesterday, which led to the ERCOT warning. Esteban's like, I know where you can find a lot of hot air. It's just up the road in Austin. All right, next on the Jack Chat.
9: Hi, Jack. This is Mark in Leon Valley, and I'd like to respond to your comment about the offense industry that you made yesterday. I think you're spot on. Um, I'd like to suggest to these people to take a little exercise in self-empowerment. They can choose not to be offended. Wise people overlook insults. Thanks.
0: Can't argue with that, Mark, but I I actually feel like the the offense industry or whatever I called them, I I think those are people that have chosen to be offended. Because, yes, there's, there's a lot of satisfaction and peace in letting go of things. I say that like I'm good at it. I'm te- <laughs> terrible at it. But um I'm a total hypocrite on this. But yes, it's better to let go. However, however I do think there are people and I think this is why we have a uh, kind of a a you know sort of offense industrial complex. There are people that really take joy and feel satisfaction and maybe even accomplishment in Proclaiming that they are offended, in proclaiming that something or someone is offensive, and when they say it, they say it like it's an objective statement, like um, it's not an opinion. You are offensive. We like everyone can see that, and I I think it is Mark. I think they're making a choice too. It feels really good. The cancel mob is a fun experience for the people in it. That's why they're in it. So they've made that choice. All right, next on the Jack Chat.
11: Good afternoon. This is Rick from San Antonio. just want to know, when did they start doing glamour mug shots? Trump's picture is <laughs> phenomenal.
0: Thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Is it weird that I, I, I agree, I totally agree with Rich. Um, it, it's just weird to me. Like, my, my driver's license picture is horrible. I mean, not that I'm good looking, but it's the worst picture that's ever been taken of me. Including candid pictures. It's a terrible picture. Um, usually mugshots are like that, right? They're you know, you look kinda of pasty and washed out and you know, your the collar or your shirt is crooked or your clothes are on backwards or you look like your hair is every which way, you know. And I mean even like even when like pretty people like actresses or something get mugshots, usually they look like hell, right? Trump gets this mugshot that looks like it was <laughs> it looks like it, it looks like it was professionally staged. I I don't know. Um the guy it's like the guy knew when he went in to have it taken. I'm going to turn this into something that's going to work for me. I mean, I'm quite sure that they had meetings and consultations and do we have to do this and are they really going to make us do. But I think at some point Trump decided, you know what, I'm going to take the greatest mugshot that's ever been taken. And I don't know, I haven't seen one yet that I, I think was more complimentary to the person in it. So was that it, Don, or do we have another one? Here, anyway, one more. Here we go.
4: Hey, Jack, this is Charlie in Austin. Say, uh, I listened to your uh, little uh, comment this morning about dad jokes, and uh, I had a uh, relatively confrontational uh, meeting I had to go to today, and I used your joke when I opened the meeting, oh. and boy, did it make a difference. So thank you, Jack. A little humor goes a long way. Keep up All the good right. work. Work, thanks. Bye.
0: Well, that, that, thank you, Charlie. That's the thing about dad jokes; they are very little humor. So, um, we'll have another dad joke Friday coming up one of these one of these here days.
1: Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread.
8: Beans and cornbread had a fight. Well, ready. here we
0: go. It's I'll time for the dish. Ready. It's time to leave the uh, problems of the world behind. Uh, the rich men north of Richmond will have to wait because we're talking restaurants. In this hour of the show, I want to hear from you about where you've been, what you've had, what was good, what we should all try to check out or stay away from, as the case may be. So the way the dish works is it's it's like recommending or talking about a restaurant the way you would talk to it, uh, talk to a friend or a coworker about a place. You know, hey, uh, here's where I had lunch today. Here's where I had dinner last night. Um, there's a new restaurant. You got to try it. This is where it is. This is what they do. Or, hey, I just discovered this place. It's new to me or sing the praises of an old favorite, maybe a place you've been going to a long time, you wanna let everybody know how great it is. And the zing comes in with, you know, saying basically it went off the rails or it lets you down. So you call the same number you used during the show, 210-599-5555, and we talk, and you praise or zing.
3: To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> And my cat. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> you praise or, or Biden sing uh, the restaurant you're talking about. Please have the complete correct name of the restaurant when you call in. And the phone number is 210-599-5555. So we're going to do that uh, during this hour. We'll take uh, any remaining uh, votes in today's River City Oral Surgery Jr. poll question. We'll have the results on that question uh, coming up. You know, I had a thought today that we would, um, I was thinking with the Trump mugshot that maybe I'd ask people to uh, submit their mugshots. But then I I thought, well, how many people really have a mugshot? And do I want to know? And maybe I don't. So then I discarded that idea. But then I thought, well, what we should have done, and maybe we'll do it Monday, maybe we should have people submit their driver's license photos. Because that's kind of like the mugshot for most of us, right? That's the equivalent. We're not at our best. They never capture you at your best. It never looks like you really look. Or maybe it does look like you really look and you just don't want to admit that. But I know, like, when I show my driver's license, I don't know about you, but when I show my driver's license, I get that brief incredulity, like, double-take thing where, is this actually you? And I know part of it is I was... Way fatter, but also it's just a terrible picture. They usually are, right? So how how Trump got a, a glamour shot, I don't know, but uh two ten five nine nine fifty-five fifty five. We're talking restaurants on the dish, praise or zing, your most recent restaurant experience. Hey, I gotta tell you about a place that um was praised on our show a couple of times. Um we had a couple of different occasions when um, listeners called in and talked about a place called uh, Chicken Salad Chick. Do you remember those calls? Chicken Salad Chick is the name of the place. It's a chain restaurant, and they opened one up on 281 near um, Stone Oak Parkway. Uh, It's 22831. Highway 281. It's in a weird location. You, you've got to use navigation to get to it. You'll you'll you literally will never find it because um, it's in like a little pocket strip center that's not easily visible from the highway. And there's nothing else in that strip center yet, uh, so it's brand new. And basically, it's a restaurant that that has a variety of of different um, freshly made chicken salads, which you can get on different kinds of bread and sandwiches or you can get it by itself or, or in a salad of greens. They have some soups. They have some other things. They have some, you know, they have a few other things, but like 80 or 90% of the menu is chicken salad. And it sounded great. I love chicken salad. And I went last weekend and um, it is really a neat little place. It's decorated like if you had like a great aunt who lived in Savannah, and you visited her, this is what her house would look like, okay? So you go in there, and it's kind of kitschy, and, you know, whatever, but I mean, who cares, right? And um, the chicken salad I had was called, I think it was called the Fancy Nancy, and it had like, I think, pecans and sliced grapes and some things in it. If you want just plain chicken salad, very straightforward, you can get that. You can get it with other add-ons or add-ins, and um, again, you can get it on a croissant, on toasted bread, by itself. You can you can buy it to go. You can buy like a little tub of it, have sandwiches during the week. But uh, I re- definitely recommend it. The callers we had on it, and th- these go back several months, uh, were absolutely right about chicken salad chick. All right, so that having been said, see, I really do try the places you call about. I just can't get to all of them. I look like I get to all of them, but I really can't. Uh, With that having been said, let me get to um, – this is my day for names. Is it Worthy? Is that your name? Worthy? Yeah, it's Worthy. (laughs) That's a cool name. I've never seen that name before.
10: Yeah. Welcome to our show. Yeah, well, thank you, brother. Yeah, mine's a zinger, Eddie V. Victor, off of 1604 Steaks and Seafood. Uh, My wife and I just had our – had our fifty third wedding anniversary, so we thought we would try that. Uh mm-hmm. so it was highly recommended by others and we mm-hmm. had a disaster from the time we walked into the door. Oh, Walked wow. in the door. Yeah. What so uh you know, we had reservations, uh, got there, didn't have seating. They were trying to try to put me, put me at a I'm a six five, three hundred pound guy. They tried to put me on those little one of those little two seat cocktail oh. tables. I said I said, yeah. dude, that ain't working. So you know, we went around from a booth uh, that didn't fit into another booth, and they finally got a table. And so we are, we ordered off the fixed price menu, and uh, wife got a filet mignon. Uh, filet mignon, and uh, you know we're steak eaters, and it was awful. And we we our waitress was very nice. She took the steak back and bought us another one, and it was just about as bad. Uh, not tender, not filet mignonish, if you will. Uh, I had salmon that was cut thick and rubbery and then a $12 side of asparagus that was thin and stringy and tough. And so finally got the manager over and he was beside himself, not necessarily that, you know, apologetic to us, but that we would question, you know, he serves a lot of steaks. And I said, well, I know you do. And I've eaten a lot of steaks and these are pathetic so yeah. uh to his credit, he did take the uh take all off uh by the dessert and uh, we paid for the dessert but uh don't know if you've ever eaten there uh not going back yeah uh so that's that's my the place that's, that's
0: over um maybe. it's kind of like off sixteen o four and there's like a couple of other restaurants right around it right
10: that that's correct yeah there's yeah. a, uh, just a Cover restaurant three across the, yeah yes that's exactly right.
0: So I, I've never I've been to Eddie V's one, I and I always thought of Eddie V's the way you did. I always thought it was like a special occasion place. Yep. Oh, I hate yeah. the yeah. I hate that you went there on a wedding anniversary. What did you say it was fifty three? <laughs>
10: uh fifty three years yeah I got, oh my I, got married gosh. I, I got married when I was five you know I right exactly
0: like I can old tell old that enough. you're you're yeah, a, I child, yeah. to be sure,
10: a child yeah married sure Child. i I just that is green. so
0: that is that is so unfortunate, I mean, you seem like a good person yeah, and that should not happen on your anniversary, that's not right,
10: yeah, yeah, I was kind of a double double whammy, but uh oh. you know that's the way things go, and we kind of roll with the punches, but I yeah. Uh, I want to throw that out. Maybe other people yeah. have had a great experience, and we just had a bad one. But I, I think if I was the manager there, uh, there, have, there would have been no charge for anything. Uh, Not only it's, that, it's but one.
0: if I find out I've got a couple celebrating their 53rd winning anniversary, I am going to move mountains to make sure we give them a good experience. Because, for crying out loud, if you can't do that, what are you there for? Yeah.
10: Well, I will give it to the waitress, uh, Alejandra is her name, and she was Mm. wonderful and uh, was, uh, you know, just begged forgiveness for the restaurant and did everything she could do possibly to make it uh, uh, a little bit more comfortable. But, uh, yeah, that was just a disaster from start to finish. And, uh Yep, that's the way that goes. So anyway, we'll maybe catch it the next uh, time yep, we have our 106th yep. anniversary. All right. <laughs> well, I, I hope the
0: 54th project. one is a much better one, too. Worthy, thank you, yeah, sir. Well, thank, thank you for you the much. call. Happy anniversary yes, to you, by the way. Thank you for that. And a zing for Eddie V's 1834 North Loop 1604.
3: To make a long story short, I almost <laughs> lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat.
0: It was that bad, um, and he went to Eddie V's. All right, so that's too bad. It's been a long time since we had a call about Eddie V's. And I know when they opened, yeah, that was, the, that was the thing. It was like, oh, special occasions, that's the place to be. The deal is there's a lot of special occasion restaurants, you know? Uh, we, got a, we got a lot of them. So we got more of them than we have special occasions. So you got to be on your game. All right, on The Dish, and James is on the radio. James, happy Friday.
11: Hey, happy Friday, Jack. Uh, uh, you're not going to believe it. Well, I didn't believe it. You may. But I'm calling about Chicken Salad Chick. I heard it on your show before, and so my wife and I were over there, and we ate at the one a week ago yesterday, I think it was, uh, 151, and I believe it was Hunt Lane. And, oh, yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, my wife did, or I did, I like jalapeno spicy, so I did the one, I can't remember the names, they all had funky names uh, for the different flavors or recipes, if you will. I had the jalapeno flavored one, it was good, decent, my wife had the one that was loaded with onions, and I tried her sandwich, and I wish I had ordered that one, it was really, really good, hmm. if you like onions, yeah, it was really good, but... What really caught me, and my wife, I, I got a uh, cup of soup on the side, and soup of the day was the broccoli, uh, cheddar broccoli, and it was excellent. I think it was, my wife took a spoonful, too, and she said it was really good. I think mm. it's the, one of the best cheddar broccoli soups I've ever eaten. Wow. I mean, wow. I, w- I wish I had the recipe, and she wants to go back not for the chicken salad, or we want to go back. We want that soup that's really, really good.
0: Now let me ask you this, because we we obviously both liked sure. the place. We had a good you, you had a good meal there. I had a good meal there, but I was talking to somebody and I was saying I don't know if this place is going to make it, because it's really not like in a high traffic area, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's, it, it, I think it's only going to make it if a lot of people know it's there.
11: Okay, well the re- the location you ate at, where there a lot of patrons in there, or was it sparse? The, it was the okay.
0: They were doing okay. The one you ate at is probably more trafficked because it's on 151 and that's a growth area. But where I was, you were in like a little strip center that hadn't even been occupied yet. They were the only thing in it, and it wasn't visible from the highway. And let's face it, chicken salad is not like an everyday thing right. that people crave, like, oh, I'm craving pizza tonight or something. So I, I just I hope they make it, but I think it's going to be a little rough.
11: The one we went to, it was packed. Almost all the tables or booths That's were good. full. And what's funny, we just left a podiatrist appointment for my wife. And get this, I asked the receptionist, if you will, if she knew where it was at, because I didn't know exactly where it was at. And she did not know. And we got there, sat down, I got our table, I went up to get our drinks. Believe it or not, it was about 1 o'clock or so in the afternoon. And sitting at a table on the other side was the podiatrist we huh. just saw. Wow. <laughs> It was crazy. Anyway, so that has got to mean good. something. The soup, the soup was really good.
0: Yes. Uh, I'll try that the next time I go. James, great call. Thank you. Praise for the broccoli cheese soup and chicken salad chick, uh, the 151 location. On the dish. Have you heard about, um, hear about Kevin Hart? You hear what happened to Kevin Hart, the comedian? He's in a wheelchair right now, just temporarily, did some damage. Uh, Says he tore muscles in his abdomen and legs. Uh, How's a comedian do that? Listen to him. He tells the story. Yeah.
8: Well, you know, it's going to be bad. Anytime somebody starts off by saying, well, it's bad. Ladies and gentlemen, the age 40 is real. To all my men, women out there that are 40 years old and above, uh, it's not a game. Respect that age. Respect that age or that age will will make you respect it. I was just forced to respect it. Um, this is just a public service announcement because I know people may see me out and I don't want you to be alarmed, but I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. Why? Well, because I tried to jump out there and do some young stuff. Tried to go out there and do some young, uh, some young man stuff and I was told to sit my ass down. Shouts out to Stephen Wiley. I'm gonna go to put this story out there before you do. Me and Stephen, we got into a little debate this debate was based off of who was faster. Those that know me know I'm pretty fast. <laughs> Steven said, Kevin, ain't no way you're going to beat me. Steven was an ex-NFL uh, running back, played for the New England Patriots. Very good guy. I said, Steve, you can bet it. He said, bet. I said, bet. We get out there, we go run the 40 old dash. 40-yard dash. Guys, I blew all my Tore my lower abdomen. My abductors are torn. I don't even know what that is, but I tore them. I tore those two. I can't walk tip my
0: ass down. This is forty four. Yeah. I tell you, you just lost some. So he's saying he basically has this friend who's a running back, former running back in the NFL, and he challenged him to the forty yard dash. And I, I can see where this would happen because you think, well, the worst thing that'll happen, it's a two man race. So the the absolute worst thing that can happen is I come in second. And we laugh and I pay pay off my debt. But yeah, you get over a certain age. If you just turn it on, the jets. If you just start running like without any prelude or warm up or stretch, yeah, stuff just snaps and pops and snap crackle and pop, uh, which the kids won't even get. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I say, poor guy. He's in, he can't even walk right now. I every man listening to this over forty feels Kevin Hart's pain right now. 210 599 I give him a lot of credit because he could have just done this and stayed, you know, stayed home and nursed his wounds. He, he went public with it. He admitted he did it. You know, I can say this. Guys, we do, we do stupid things, you know. Might as well just own it. Now he knows. Um, that's why I like to be friends with people that are older than me, you know. <laughs> just better that way you know like let them i'll be the young guy in this scenario all right robin is next on the dish on ktsa on a friday night hi robin
12: hi how you doing
0: i'm good how are you
12: oh super just just waiting to get a massage here oh nice yeah um the winchester pub on broadway in Alamo heights Mm -hmm. we've been there a few times and this last time we went My son got the 911 burger. It's double patties, super thick bacon, just oozing all over with cheese. It was, you know, he just enjoyed it. He could only eat half of it. It's so big. And I got Mm. the cowboy burger, which has blue cheese, bacon, tomato, lettuce, and a big fat patty and that big thick bacon Mm. on it. Oh my gosh, if we weren't leaving town, I'd go back there tonight.
0: <laughs> wow. It's
12: really um, really really good. I've had the lamb burger, it was really good mm-hmm, too.
0: Mhm. I guess they have like a uh kind of like a pub menu, right? Cuz I know we had a call last yeah. year talk about how they have like shepherd pie and fish and chips and stuff like that too.
12: Yeah, they have fish and chips, yeah. It's a little on the pricey side, but I'll tell you what, I took half my burger home. My son yeah. took half his burger home. So you could actually cheer a burger.
0: There you go. It's That's over- in a what used to be the Lion and Rose, right there in that kind of that corner of that uh strip center on Broadway, right?
12: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's right in the corner you park in yeah. the back.
0: Yeah. 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 That's yeah, an
12: awesome. Uh the place.
0: Winchester, fifty-one forty eight Broadway. Robin says try the nine It was the 911 Burger or the Cowboy Burger, says Robin. Very good. We had a call in March of last year uh, praising the Scotch Egg, the Shepherd Pie, the Fish and Chips. 5148 Broadway, the Winchester. Uh, And if you're Kevin Hart, walk, don't run. Coming up this half hour, of course, we're going to see how you voted on our River City Oral Surgery JR. poll. We're going to honor one of the all-time great jazz musicians who would have been celebrating his 90th birthday today if he was still with us. His music is still with us, and we'll hear some of that coming up. Um, And college football, this is what they call week zero of the college football season. There's a, I think, uh, maybe... 456 games. Uh tomorrow, uh I think probably the marquee matchup is Notre Dame uh versus Navy. They're playing that game in in Ireland. Uh and the big storyline obviously with Notre Dame is the Wake Forest transfer quarterback Sam Hartman. Um and we're going to see how he does. I think it's going to be very exciting a uh, year for Sam Hartman and I think this is going to be a big upgrade. Uh, for Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame is one of those schools that's always in the discussion, but it's usually not a quarterback centric uh offense. They've had a few like Brady Quinn uh and Jimmy Clausen. Uh I think I think Sam Hartman is going to give them one of the elite quarterback uh runs that they've that they've had. And uh in fact I wrote a, a piece for KTSA.com about um kind of players to watch this college football season, and um, I think Sam Hartman is going to be one of those. So anyway, uh, you can check the the uh, the stuff I'm writing about college football out at ktsa.com. I've got a couple of uh, college football tailgate pieces, and just today uh, I put another Jack's book blog up. So you can, if you're a reader, if you like to read, and you're looking for ideas, titles, things like that. There's some ideas there. You can always tell me what you're reading, too. I'd love to hear that. I'd love to get your recommendations as I give you mine. And Jack's Books is at KTSA.com. We're talking restaurants on the dish, 210-599-5555. Uh, there's a um, a mystery in Germany, in the Hartz Mountains of Germany. People have spotted what is being called Wolfman. Uh, people hiking and camping in this region, say they are seeing a guy who apparently lives in the mountains. This has been going on for a few years. He wears the um, fur or skin of animals, hence Wolfman. He kind of runs around on all fours. He seems to be living in the woods. And he scares the hell out of people that are just like going for a hike or whatever because he stares at them. And so they reported him to the authorities. And the authorities say they're worried about him possibly starting a wildfire. Um, I don't know anything about this, but wouldn't you be more worried about some city dude that was... Trying to impress his girlfriend, starting a wildfire. Like, like, if you live in the in the forest, I don't think you are the one that's going to start the wildfire, right? Like, that's where you live. The wildfire is going to be where, like, you know, a couple of yuppies forget to, you know, put out their cl- clove cigarette or something, or something. You know, I mean, I I don't know. I don't. You know, they're making s'mores or something, right? So, anyway, the people are very upset and uh, they want something done about this guy. Uh, there have been myths and legends about these woods for centuries, and uh, now people are tapping into that or tying into that. But most likely, he's just some guy that's gone off the grid, he's living in uh, the forest in Germany. Wolf man. So, I, I, I love this story because it seems like a story that would happen in our country. It's good to know that these things happen everywhere, right? These these kind of weird stories go on everywhere. Um We asked on the JR poll today, banana split or ice cream sundae, which is a weird question, I know, but today is national banana split day. And um, I never really got the banana split. Like, I like bananas, but I I never really got the whole combining them with ice cream thing. And I know I'm saying something heretical because it's very popular. I'll take an ice cream sundae. If we're going to do anything like that, like, I like the idea of, like, the... The nuts and the syrup and the whipped cream. I don't know, the banana putting the banana in there, it's just it's like you're trying to health it up, you know? Like, oh, there's a banana in there. It's it's practically a health food. You know. It's a post-workout, uh, restorative. No, it's it's ice cream. You know? I mean, you might as well put okra in there or broccoli, you know. It just seems kind of random to me. But I know, it's very popular. People like them. Um what's your what's your kind of go-to? cool down treat like when it's really hot. I'm not talking about like beer. I'm talking about like something you would eat. Like are you a popsicle person? Are you a fudgical dreamsicle ice cream bar, banana split, ice cream sundae? Do you like to get something like a you know one of these frozen yogurt places where you go and you make your own toppings? What's your thing when it's hot? Um I I'm a big I'm I'm like a big popsicle guy. I'm very basic. I buy the the no sugar popsicles and I'm getting like three or four of them. They're like 15 calories each. And I might go three or four at a, at a night on those because it adds up to nothing. I'm pretty happy with those. I, I, I never thought I would be, but very simple. They, they taste good. They're refreshing. They're cheap. Um, if I'm going to go to a place like Sonic or DQ, yeah, I'm going to get one of those blasts or freezes or something like that. Really not, getting the banana split thing. But again, I know people love them. And not, you know, more power to you. Because I don't have one, that means more more bananas for everybody else, right? 210-599-5555. By the way, today is also National Whiskey Sour Day, so if banana splits are not your thing. Not saying, just saying. Go ahead and get yourself a whiskey sour. Um, speaking of beer and wine and spirits, um the biden administration has a um appointee at the national institute on alcohol abuse and alcoholism i didn't know there was such a thing the national institute on alcohol abuse and alcoholism dr george coob or Koob, and he says that um the federal government may be ready to recommend that Americans only consume two alcoholic beverages per week. For about the last 30 years, the federal government's recommendation has been uh, that men limit themselves to two drinks per day and women one drink per day. How dare they? And now he says we might go to two drinks per week. Well, they're taking everything else away from us, I guess. (laughs) I guess they might as well just keep going, right? You can't have uh, dishwashers and microwaves and water heaters and ceiling fans. I guess you don't need a drink either. Uh, Charles is next on The Dish on KTSA. Charles, happy Friday.
9: Good Friday to you, too. I'm calling about Sophia's Pizzeria.
0: Oh, tell me about that.
9: Uh, Actually, there's only two... In San Antonio, there's one on Petranco, and there's one on East Bitters. Um, their pizza sauce is absolutely phenomenal. Best I've had ever. Huh. Uh, I, I, live about, well, I live just a little bit north of Pleasanton,
1: mm-hmm.
9: and I, I'm actually on my way there to pick up dinner. It's about wow. 45 miles. Wow. I, I will travel the distance and pay the price, To get a
1: Mm -hmm. good pizza. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that.
9: But, yeah, their their pizza is phenomenal. Uh, Calzones are phenomenal. And me and my wife, we have a really hard time finding a good pizza anywhere because Mm -hmm. everybody has all these specialty pizzas and whatnot. We just Mm kind of like basic stuff. And we can get it there. And it's not a big box store, like I said. I, yeah. I think, as far as I know, there's only two in San Antonio.
0: Well, I'm looking right here. It looks like there might actually be three, because there's you mentioned oh, there the one three. on Bitter's uh, yeah. and the one on Petranco. And then there's also yeah. one on the far north side on Evans Road. Uh oh, really? So they have three right now.
9: Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's been a couple months since I I've been there, but... You know, because it's such a long drive for me. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe they've opened up a new store.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm always, you know me, I am always ready to find a new pizza place and add to the list, so I'm glad you called with that one. Praise for Sophia's Pizzeria, uh, 903 East Bitters or 15284 Petranko, or Evans Road, um north of loop 1604 for Sophia's pizzeria. And that that does sound good. Um looks like the bitters one, if I'm if I'm looking at the map right, that looks like it went into the location that used to be Miss Ellie's pizza, which was a very popular and really good pizza place for many years. I think it's the same building. I think it's the same storefront, so um new pizza place in an old pizza place like that.
4: Electricity from wind and solar farms in the Arizona desert Delivered to people millions of miles Well,
12: certainly thousands of miles away (laughs) 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 Bit of a typo there (laughs) (laughs) But delivered
4: to millions of people
0: (laughs) I'm sure it was a typo All right, um, J.R. Poll, River City Oral Surgery. uh, If you had a choice, would it be a banana split or would it be an ice cream sundae? Let me see what Christian says about that. Hi, Christian.
7: Good evening, Jack. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
7: Good. Listen, I'm a chef, um, so I can add a little bit of... uh backgrounds with whether a banana belongs on a ice cream sunday or not and I, I i am absolutely not on the banana boat there's
1: no way right. a raw banana should be with ice cream uh now when we're talking about bananas foster or something okay now, now okay now yeah
0: i like that yeah i like that and i like those places where they do kind of like a they kind of like fry it and you know uh batter it and put ice cream on it that's that's pretty tasty I just don't get, like, a raw banana with ice cream around it. It seems like a weird combination. I like each thing separately but not together.
7: Agreed. I mean, you're not adding any salt or any fat. It's just it doesn't really enhance the ice cream in any way.
1: Yeah. Um,
7: so I guess I'm just anti-health food.
1: <laughs> so don't well, try to health up my I'm ice cream. When,
7: if I'm going to indulge, then I would agree. No health food needed
0: Exactly, exactly. Bananas are for the times when I'm feeling guilty about the times that I indulge. All right, Christian, good to hear from you. I'm glad that you called, and I hope you have a good weekend. Uh, here's how it uh, came down. Banana split or ice cream Sunday. 57% went with the ice cream sundae. 43% are loyal to the banana split. New JR poll question uh, come Monday at 4 when we're live, or find it anytime at KTSA.com. Today is the... 90th birth anniversary of the great jazz saxophonist and composer Wayne Shorter, who was a prominent part of the jazz world for several decades with artists like Art Blakey, who's a huge favorite of mine, and uh, one of Miles Davis's quintets, and later on, uh, Weather Report in the 70s and 80s. Um, Wayne Shorter had an incredible uh, career uh, working with and being influenced by giants like Coltrane and uh, Sonny Rollins, and then, as I said, working with Miles Davis. Uh, somebody once said that Wayne Shorter was really the only person who brought music to Miles Davis that Miles Davis did not change, that that, that was the highest compliment you could pay, that my the very, very hard-to-please Miles Davis liked Wayne Shorter's stuff just, just as it was. Um, Wayne Shorter had an interesting personal life too. He was married a couple of times. And, um, I think his second wife, I believe it was his second wife, they lost a child uh, to an illness. And then his wife and I think a niece were on TWA 800 uh, when that exploded off Long Island in 1996. He was playing in Italy and she was on her way to see him. Um... Tina Turner also is a huge admirer of Wayne Shorter. She says that uh, Wayne Shorter saved her life. It was Wayne Shorter and his wife that took her in when she was fleeing Ike Turner back in the 70s. So anyway, uh, a lot of honors, a lot of great music. I want to leave you tonight with a piece from the uh, Round Midnight album that was also the soundtrack to that movie. Wayne Shorter plays on this along with many other greats, Ron Carter, Herbie Hancock, Uh, Dexter Gordon. Let's listen to this uh, from the great late Wayne Shorter tonight. This is called Call Sheet Blues.